sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week once we start kicking off football. But of course, during this interminable off-season period, we're going three days a week. And today, you know what? We've got plenty to get into, including, well, an idea that was brought up recently had me thinking, who is Missouri's dream opponent in basketball? If you could play anybody, schedule any team in the country, who would Missouri's dream opponent be, excluding, of course, the University of Kansas? And also, I have some thoughts on how the new NBA G League, the former developmental league, it's changing the way it's structured quite a bit, and I'm, I'm very curious to see how this will affect hoops in general and also specifically college basketball. But you know what? we got to start off with some modern Missouri notes first here. And the big news coming from the Major League Baseball draft is that the St. Louis Cardinals in the fourth round selected Missouri pitcher Ian Bedell. So that's an exciting development for all of us Missouri fans out there, and especially all you Cardinals fans who are in this audience, and I I suspect there are quite a few of you indeed. So that's exciting, and you know, young Mister Bedell was grew up a big Cardinals fan, spoke about that, and said obviously David Freeze a huge influence on him as a young man. Hard to believe that. Mr. Bedell was probably, what, 12 years old back in 2011? Oh, man, that makes me feel a million years old. I don't know about you. But, again, congratulations to the Cardinals, the Tigers, and Ian Bedell on his fourth-round selection in the MLB draft. And you know what? I often have a – I just have a running tally of topics that I may or may not get to in this folder in my iPhone and just the simple notes app, just a running – tally of topics and one thing I thought I might get into is why why is it that the NBA seems like they have their stuff so much more together than the MLB but boy the breaking news today it maybe there's a little bit of trouble in paradise because well while LeBron and the Greek freak and Stephen Curry the some of the biggest stars in the game seem to be on the same page with Adam Silver the commissioner of the league well it looks like some of the players including Kyrie Irving, but a lot of other players down the rung, well, they have some different ideas. And that just shows that, man, when every single person has skin in the game, and by skin I mean millions and millions of dollars, it's going to be hard to get hundreds of people who have skin in the game on the same page in any collective-style bargaining. So let's just see how this plays out, and let's hope to goodness we get some professional sports sooner rather than later because, well... I'm about to start chewing my own fingernails off, but that's just me. But you know what? For now, we'll just have to tie it ourselves over with positive Missouri basketball news. And, well, Anton Brookshire, Springfield's own, now up to a four-star recruit on ESPN. Now they're 90th overall player in the entire country. And, well, my frequent co-host, Blake Stark, and I were very high on Anton when he he announced his commitment to the Tigers, and well, it's just nice to see that commitment sort of confirmed by ESPN a little bit. It seems like as his star is starting to shine a little bit brighter here in the recruiting circles, it seems like other people are hopping on the bandwagon here. And I'll just tell you with again with Anton, it's either Brookshire or Brookshire. By the way, I haven't figured out if we're going with the 
old English pronunciation or not, so I'll just go with both. But again, the deal with Anton is the guy just seems to not only be a great shooter, but he can get it off the catch and off the dribble with various different moves, step backs behind the back and between his legs. I tell you, there just aren't that many guys who have that advanced a level of shooting. You know, I, I'm, I'm impressed with the guy, and I think ESPN moving him up their rankings is, is very well-deserved. So good news for the Tigers and Conzo Martin and all those fans. But unfortunately, it's not all good news out there on the recruiting trail. Unfortunately, Eli Drinkwitz and his staff, they were going to have to face a little adversity out there at some point because it seems like most everything's been going right for them lately. But unfortunately, they did lose out on Bryson Estes, an offensive lineman from Georgia, now committed to the University of Florida State. And I'll just say that's a bit of a blow because he was definitely a priority offensive line target for Missouri. That's always going to be a position where you want to load up plenty of skilled big guys for sure because they certainly don't grow on trees. So Missouri already has shifted and started offering a bunch of different offensive linemen, new new targets. So you can tell that they really wanted that guy. Unfortunately, Bryson Estes, again, on his way to Florida State. But you know what? We'll recover. You win some, you lose some. And it sure seems like, again, Mizzou's been winning most of them on the recruiting trail here lately. And also, just as a somewhat amusing note, well, the Kansas Athletic Department sent out a survey to their fans, their boosters, their season ticket holders in the last few days. And, well, my favorite question on this survey was, what three words best describe Kansas coach Bill Self? And, well, since in The Athletic recently it came out in a story that Bill Self admitted that had he been offered the Missouri job back in 99, he would have taken it. Well, my three words were dodged a bullet. Because guess what? Yes, as slimy as Bill Self is, yes, he's a good coach, and I'm sure he would have done good things at Mizzou, but let's be honest, he wasn't going to stick around for the long haul, so what the hell? What are the odds he would have actually brought us a national championship? Get Bill Self the heck out of here. And by the way, speaking of Blake Stark, my frequent co-host here, I, I sent him this text as well, and his words were, toupee, smug, Adidas. I may have thrown in a burrito in there as well. but So, you know what, Blake? I'm going to give you that one. I thought yours were funnier, to be honest with you. So, I tell you what, if you have three words that you'd like to describe Bill Self, hit me up on Twitter, anywhere on social media, at LockedOnMizzou, or send me an email, LockedOnMizzou, at gmail.com. Now, of course, we all know that Bill Self can be quite the untrustworthy figure, but I'll tell you who you should always trust, and that's our friends at rockauto.com. Because you see, unlike a lot of these big box retail stores that have lots of overhead with storefronts, real estate, property taxes, the whole kit and caboodle, yeah, they make up for all of that by jacking up their prices on regular folks like me while lowering prices for your dealers and your professional mechanics. That doesn't seem right, does it? Well, that's why I'm sending you to rockauto.com because you will always find the lowest everyday prices that you can possibly find anywhere on the internet. I promise you, you won't regret going to rockauto.com. 
So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that this show sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And coming up, who would I have Missouri play in basketball if they could play anybody in the entire country? Outside of the Kansas Jayhawks? Well, my answer just might surprise you. So about Missouri's dream opponent in basketball outside of Kansas, well, what made me think of this is John Rothstein, who's a college basketball writer for CBS Sports, he tweeted out the other day, Dear NCAA, certain college basketball programs have recently been granted the ability to play an extra game used as an exhibition for charity. The same thing needs to happen next season. Let's raise funds to help battle both coronavirus and racial injustice. Sincerely, America. (laughs) Well, thank you, John, for speaking for all of America, of course, as I hope that I do as well every single day right here on Locked on Mizzou. But seriously, though, it made me think... Honestly, the clearly the obvious answer to this is Kansas because, well, it was just, what, two, three years ago? I, I guess it was almost two and a half, three years ago at this point when Michael Porter's freshman year, Missouri, played Kansas in an exhibition game to help with flood relief, all that good stuff. And that was one of the most exciting basketball games I've ever attended, to be quite honest. Despite the fact that it indeed was an exhibition game, you know, just to see Michael Porter actually being relatively healthy, number one, was exciting. We, we didn't know what we were about to miss there. But just to have that rivalry back after, gosh, more than five years, I believe, at that point, was obviously an incredibly exciting moment. And, you know, for all the Kansas fans who like to pretend that, well, that rivalry, not that big of a deal to us. Yeah, wrong. There was half, half that stadium was filled with Kansas fans, and they were every bit as raucous as the Missouri fans in that crowd. So obviously that's the that's the obvious choice, but since Kansas is already on the schedule for next season, well, that's a non-starter. So the, the honest truth is there is no real obvious second choice. I don't know if there's anybody who really moves the needle for Missouri anymore. Now you might think it would be somebody from the old Big 8, like, say, the Oklahoma Sooners. Certainly, that was a huge rivalry in basketball for years from back in the Billy Tubbs days. Obviously, him and Norm had a very special heated rivalry, a friendly rivalry at times, but also certainly competitive as heck. And then that certainly carried over, at least from my perspective, into the Kelvin Sampson era. Boy, some of those... Some of those Samson teams really got under my skin. Eduardo Nahara certainly did so. Hollis Price, he was just such a good player. Those teams, we just couldn't seem to get over the hump during the Quinn Snyder era for years. So yeah, there was a lot of bad feelings and a lot of history built up between Oklahoma and Missouri and basketball, for instance, for years. But honestly, we played Oklahoma last year at the at the Sprint Center in Kansas City and while it was a it was a good game, you know, an entertaining game for the most part, I never felt like it was a special game. It never felt like this was a rivalry game. It just felt like in those subsequent seven, eight years since we'd last played Oklahoma in, in any sport, 
It just seems like the luster is, is gone from that rivalry. And, and perhaps that's, that's in large part to Missouri maybe having some lean years here the past five, six years. But, you know, it's just fascinating how quickly it, it feels like, again, the Kansas State game was similar. We played them in the Kim Anderson era at Sprint Center a few years ago, and the game was okay. The game was decently attended, but it wasn't nearly the type of, of feelings and, and history that you just felt back in the Big 12, Big 8 eras there. It's just not quite the same to me anymore. You know, I think I think if, if Missouri played Nebraska again in football, for instance, that's one that could definitely get the feelings going again, and Oklahoma, too, to a lesser extent, perhaps. I think Texas is a team, honestly, that Missouri can always get up for. I'm not sure how much Missouri cares about Texas on the other end, but even in basketball, I think Texas would be an interesting choice. You know, we all remember, I at least most of us remember the comment where the Texas commissioner said well our lean years are better than Missouri's good years that I'm paraphrasing of course but that type of deal stuck in a lot of Tiger fans craws including myself so you can always get some some feelings there against the Longhorns I think we saw that in the Texas Bowl a few years ago but really maybe the obvious choice is just SLU St. Louis University you know I hate to say it they're, they're ahead of Missouri State I know Missouri State wants to think that there's some big rivalry between the Tigers and the Bears, but it just isn't there. And honestly, in terms of basketball history, there's no comparison. I mean, Slew's obviously had the better program over Missouri State. So really, I'm going to throw out a couple more options here that Missouri could potentially play in an exhibition game. And he's going to seem a little out of left field. The first one in particular, what about the Syracuse Orangemen? Missouri has played run up against the, the Orange at least a couple times in the Sweet 16, to my memory. Yeah, sure, that's, you know, these were years ago at this point. But, you know, maybe there's a – I don't know how much Syracuse – again, I don't know from their end how much they would care about that game. But for me, a Syracuse rivalry, a, another – let's spark that baby up again. I think that would be kind of interesting. But you know what? Honestly, if I was going to pick one, especially in the year 2020, why not UCLA? We just went in a time machine back to 1995. Obviously, it's been the 25th year anniversary this year of the Tyus Edney game. And yes, as painful of a memory as that is for a Missouri fan, I'm telling you, that's still one of the greatest college basketball games I've ever seen. Both teams played incredibly well. Just great shooting, shot making, play making. You know, and honestly, it. Yes, Tyus Edney made a clutch shot to win the game, but people forget Kendrick Moore to Julian Winfield in the last second with 4.8 left. Missouri takes the lead. I mean, that's a dramatic, awesome basketball game. And, you know, from our perspective, I think that's a moment that I'd be willing to celebrate a little bit or just remember, as strange as that sounds. And certainly, hey, if you're UCLA, I'm sure you'd like to remember the 25th anniversary of that national championship team. So, hey, Bruins. We've had a pretty and uh, we had a pretty recent memorable game against those Bruins too out in uh, out in Westwood. Phil Pressy set the Mizzou assist record in the game. Missouri came up a little short. I don't know UCLA Missouri. To me, that's the answer. What do you guys think? I'd honestly love to hear your opinions. Once again, hit me up on social media at Locked On Mizzou or Locked On Mizzou at gmail.com. Who should Mizzou play in a potential exhibition game? 
for charity. And you know what? I want to tell you guys all about the new construction of the Gatorade League, the G League. But first, I got to remind you about my friends over at Built Bar. Because you know what? After a long, hard, sweaty day of podcasting, oh, you have no idea how much I sweat over this hot mic. It's such a brutal job. Well, when you, when you work your fingers to the bone like I do, you deserve a treat. So that's why I always reach for a Built Bar. Because the thing is, Built Bar is not only chewy, delicious, and covered in 100% chocolate, it's also packed full of protein, and it's low in sugar and carbs. So how can you possibly go wrong there? Find what flavor you like best by ordering one of their variety packs, and I don't think you'll regret that decision one bit. So again, to do so, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off that first order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Well, we're now about 15 years into the one-and-done era of basketball, meaning when the NBA decided to eliminate high school players from the draft essentially forcing American players in particular to go to one year of college or one year of overseas or, much less common, one year in the developmental league, now known as the Gatorade League, because Lord knows we got to milk every corporate opportunity that we possibly can. But regardless of what one thinks about the one-and-done rule and well, to be perfectly honest, I've, I'm mostly for liberating the whole process and letting guys come into the NBA whenever they would like. But regardless of that particular point, you might think about it differently. It sure seems like the rule is coming to an end, and we're about to go back to pre-2005-2006 era when you could go straight from high school to the NBA. And <clears throat> it sure seems like the G League is now making a very concerted effort in order to get guys who may not be interested in going to college basketball. Really what they're doing is the NBA sort of realizing, you know, the college game is so much different, quite honestly, in some ways than the NBA game. Perhaps we need to better prepare our athletes for the pro game. And obviously, again, there are going to be certain players who just aren't that interested in going to college. So what do we do with these guys? How do we draw them under our under our purview, essentially? Well, one thing that the G League found out initially is that paying guys $125,000 to get blue-chip prospects just frankly wasn't enough. Now, we can all make our jokes about how much Zion Williamson was offered by Adidas and what have you, and frankly, as an anti-Kansas person, I'm all about those jokes, but... If, if we're being quite honest, it's not just about that the money, which you would think, oh, $125,000, that's a lot of money to a kid who's never maybe made a dime in his whole life at this point, an 18-year-old kid. But you got to remember, playing college basketball is pretty glamorous. At least it can be if you're a stud athlete. I mean, these colleges, these modern colleges, say what you will about the amount of money they spend on pools and amenities and all this stuff. Well, it turns out if you can go there for free, it's actually a lot of fun. And there's a lot of beautiful women at, say, the University of Missouri. I don't know if you've noticed. So I'm just saying college has its perks, that's for sure, as compared to, say, going to some random city in the G League. Let's be honest. There's a huge difference 
between being the big man on campus and being the big man on the Delaware Blue Coats or the Maine Red Claws. Again, I hate to be so base and get back to the ladies, but you know how we guys are, right? You know, there's just a lot, you're, you're a lot more visible at the University of Kentucky or Duke or Missouri even than you would be in Maine. Let's be perfectly honest. So I guess the question is, again, here's the idea though. So because the G League couldn't draw people with $125,000 and with these guys not knowing exactly where they're going to be, the new idea is, okay, let's just make one franchise that essentially is the G League franchise where we put all of these blue chip prospects onto one team. That's the idea. And obviously said franchise would be in one of the more attractive G League locations as opposed to say, I hate to say it, out in Maine, let's be honest. Not necessarily the most attractive spot for a young 18-year-old to end up. Now, of course, NBA scouts love this idea because the worst part about being a scout, of course, is having to travel all across the country to these various high school gyms and checking these kids out. Well, it's going to be a lot more preferable if you get a cluster of these athletes into one place so I can just scout them all at the same time. So, on the whole, this whole thing is probably a good proposal from the NBA's perspective. But is this good for college basketball? That's my question. This is a college basketball show, right? Well, the thing is, has the one and done, let's first ask, is the one and done rule been good for college basketball? I would say in rare cases that yes, it has been, but for the most part, the answer is really no. See, like in the case of Zion Williamson, for instance, just nationally, he obviously moved the needle for college basketball overall. I mean, Duke suddenly became a must-watch team just because people found Zion Williamson to be that exciting of a player. And obviously, Michael Porter Jr. would have been was huge for Mizzou. Just his presence sold a whole bunch of tickets, increased excitement, all that stuff. Well, imagine how big that would have been if he would have actually played. And maybe Missouri is so good that year that they maybe make their first Final Four or something. And obviously, if we go back even further, before the introduction of the one-and-done rule, say LeBron James were forced to go to college, and he played one season at Ohio State. Well, obviously, that would have been incredible for Ohio State and the NCAA overall. But for the most part, really, other than those two examples that did happen and one hypothetical with LeBron, for the most part, those guys, the one-and-done players, don't really move the needle that much. Even a presumed hometown, homegrown player like Anthony Edwards, who's from Atlanta, well, he went to play for Georgia this year, and i got to be honest, I wasn't seeing the throngs of fans at the Georgia game you might have expected, and he didn't exactly move the needle nationally either. So overall, I don't think the one-and-dones being gone from college basketball is really going to hurt the game at all. There's always going to be guys who pop up, who happen to be superstars, and they don't necessarily have to be one-year NBA superstar players. They can be guys like Tyler Hansborough, J.J. Redick. You know, there are, there are various guys who pop up, become popular, become bigger players than what they were at the NBA level. There's lots of guys from the Fab Five who 
go under that column for sure. Guys like Jawan Howard. I mean, really his stardom peaked in college for sure. So that kind of stuff happens. Overall, I just think that the problem with basketball, college basketball, is really not top-end talent for me. It's more just how the game is played. It's just the game is slowed down so much in tempo. and I just think a lot of it has to do with coaches are, are so they, – they tend to just want to micromanage every single possession. And to me, that just bogs the game down and makes it less fun. But, you know, that's just my opinion. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons like, oh, AAU doesn't develop guys enough and, and blah, 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 blah. I could go on and on and on about the reasons why there are certain things about the game that I, I'm not in love with. Although, overall, I think the game's in really good shape in general. So I don't want to be Mr. Negativity here at the end. Overall, I just want to say if if it just so happens that some of these blue chip guys start going to the G League, I'm still dubious of that idea. I think they're going to have to offer even more than what they're trying to offer now. I don't think that's going to hurt college basketball whatsoever. And you know what definitely won't hurt you is checking out our friends over at Locked On the NFL Draft. That's right. The draft is over, but you know what? The draft is now a year-long thing. So why not do a year-long NFL Draft podcast. That's what I say. Again, Locked On, the NFL Draft. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.